You are listening to episode 38 of the EU Startups Podcast. Today's guest is Seedstar CEO Alice de Tonak, who set out to impact people's lives in emerging markets through tech and entrepreneurship. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the EU Startups Podcast. And before we jump into the interview with today's guest, I'm excited to introduce our podcast sponsor. This episode of the EU Startups Podcast is brought to you by Vanta, helping you scale security practices and automate compliance for the industry's most thought-after standards. To close and grow major customers, you have to demonstrate trust. But providing your security and compliance can be time-consuming tedious and expensive, especially for startups, unless you use Vanta. Vanta automates up to 90% of the work for the most thought-after compliance standards like SOC2 and ISO 27001 and gets you audit-ready in weeks instead of months. With Vanta, you get up to 400 hours of your time back and reach up to 85% in cost savings. And for a limited time, EU Startups listeners get $1,000 off Vanta. Just go to vanta.com forward slash EU Startups without a dash to get started. Today I'm excited to interview Alice de Tonak, the CEO of Seedstars. According to our annual ranking, Alice is one of Europe's most influential women in the startup and venture capital space. During her 10 years at Seedstars, Alice has catalyzed over $100 million into impact-driven investments. Over the years, Seedstars has run countless of entrepreneurial programs, invested in many startups, launched a coding academy, and built an investment platform to support emerging fund managers from across the globe. Alice, thank you so much for taking the time and welcome to the EU Startups Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Awesome. So let's start it with, at the very beginning, Alice. Um, mm -hmm. What inspired you to start Seedstars and how did it all begin? Um, how did it all begin? I think before it starts before Seed Stars, where I was working in a, um, um, a luxury cosmetic uh, global group. And as much as I learned a lot, I also learned more importantly what I didn't want to do. And I felt like my impact or the purpose I was trying to pursue was not aligned with who I wanted to become so quickly. Um, I was very fortunate to meet with my co-founders and um, they were already, so at that time, Pierre and Michael had already uh, launched Seedstars, the idea of incubating uh, entrepreneurs and businesses. But quickly, we kind of pivoted and focused on emerging markets because in 2013, we had done our first world tour. And it was obvious that there were so many gaps to fill. It was extremely fulfilling to support on the ground and mentor uh, the different entrepreneurs and learn from their perspective and the needs that were um, evolving in these regions. So it, it came. It became obvious for us that Seed Stars had to be fully focused to the emerging frontier um, startup ecosystems and figure out the best way to support these entrepreneurs to scale their businesses, mm -hmm. their impact-driven businesses. Mm -hmm. Exciting. And how did those um, startups in emerging markets differ from those in more developed markets? Were there some 
common um, um, differentiators that you spotted? Um, so I guess, um, how can I say this? So every year until pandemic, we were organizing the Seed Stars World competition. We were in over 100 countries where physically we would go to every country and operate pitching events and bring the best to Switzerland for our annual summit. So you mm -hmm. have to imagine over 100 cultures, nationalities coming under one roof. And there were so many things that separated us from our cultural, religious, economic, social background. But when it came to why we were entrepreneurs, why we were building um, the businesses that we were on the ground in our respective communities. It was, it, it's very difficult to explain in words, but it was like instant magic where everyone spoke the same language. Everyone had the same hardships and uh, highs and lows that we could relate to one another. So strangely enough, I think entre entrepreneurs have quite a universal language, mm -hmm. but then of course, uh, launching and scaling a business in uh, frontier markets is very different to Europe for example, what we we're seeing already 10 years ago at that time, if you wanted to launch an, an e-commerce business in, in Europe, like you had already the whole infrastructure that played out uh, to your advantage. So you could um, go on Shopify, build your list. Uh, um, you could use the postal service or DHL. You could have all the payment solutions so that your customers could pay. And it's quite a fluid process. Whereas mm -hmm. in these markets, it's really different. It feels like because the infrastructure is lacking and there's still so much education to be done for consumers to buy online, uh, to feel like it's safe to buy online, um, the approach is much more complex and different. And so as you scale, in many ways, you have to integrate the whole value chain so that you can successfully grow um, as a business in one country and then um, across a region. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of a harder element to launching a business in these markets. But on the other side, there's so many advantages because you can leapfrog technology. So you can go directly to a next generation technology, which was much more uh, res resilient, cost-effective, and usually more sustainable to access consumers. You can avoid legacies of big lobbying or industries that have had heavy investments in infrastructure so that are not willing to pivot as quickly, whereas in these markets, you can do it much faster. So these would be some of the advantages also of launching in these markets. So there are mm -hmm. many things and of course, cultural context and it's more specific context across the different regions. But if I can highlight just one or two, these would be the one. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And uh, you had quite an interesting journey as the CEO of Seedstar so far, and I assume you had many different aspects of impact, um, both into uh, entrepreneurs themselves and then through the markets those uh, entrepreneurs and their companies are serving. Uh, what kind of impact um, that you or Seedstars have, have created over the year are you most proud of? <laughs> so... Um... Personally, as one of the founders of Seedstars, I think the most direct impact is already seeing the team that we have scaled, the people that have worked for us and that have continued their adventures in very similar contexts as entrepreneurs or joining other organizations like Seedstars, uh, public or private ones. Um, so that maybe is the, the immediate impact that is the most fulfilling is seeing that from our idea, we've built a community, we've built a career path, we've supported the journeys of many people that have allowed Seed Stars to be this successful. Um, mm -hmm. And this also uh, 
uh, encompasses the larger community of our seed stars, mentors, ambassadors, portfolio companies. And then what we try to aim as targets is we've built our theory of change, which is um, an impact framework that allows you to kind of measure the indicators that you believe are going to give justice to the um, potential intended impact that you want along the line. And here it's uh, looking at the job creation, looking at the growth of the businesses, maybe not only in terms of revenues and follow-on funding, but also in terms of the um, maturity of their products and services that really solve a, a, a critical pain in their local communities. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> there's so many m numbers to share and um, across project, industry, thematic, geography, um, that keeps us up all night. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, exciting. And um, <clears throat> so you also invested in startups uh, over the years. Um, what are some of the main criteria uh, you look for in startups or in founder teams um, before making an investment decision? We have different funds. So if I think of our early stage uh, global industry agnostic fund, um, we initially really sprayed, I think, in over 30 countries and across 10 different industries with a strong focus, of course, on fintech, future of commerce, um, education and, and, and healthcare. And when looking at these businesses, I think like all funds, of course, there's that due diligence to be done on the team, the integrity of the team and uh, the capability of the founders complementing one another and um, be you believing that they're gonna be able to overperform on the on the business and their the impact on the ground. And then there's like more, um, if I say like specific criteria that we keep in mind so that we have uh, we ensure the performance of our portfolio from where what is that maturity sweet spot we're looking for uh, in mm -hmm. the case of our second fund we look at companies that have already product market fits um, are making uh, um, a, a consistent revenue on a monthly basis um, have a strong technology so then there are like more specific elements we look at by industry and maturity of the business um, which makes sense because now we have this early stage fund, but we have later stage funds like the Seed Stars Africa Ventures the, that is um, doing more Series A on the continent and, and others by industry. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Okay, so Seed Stars is um, having uh, impact and initiatives um, across different countries, time zones, and cultures. Uh, what challenges uh, have you encountered uh, in those different countries, time zones, and cultures, and how did you overcome them? As Seed Stars growing as a business, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, where we were lucky is that I think from day one, we wanted this to be a global play. So we accepted the challenges that went with growing a team remotely because mm -hmm. we wanted to be operating uh, globally. There was no other way for us to grow the team if it was not uh, already at a global scale remotely and across different time zones. But you can, of course, imagine all the complications that many of us have now lived um, through COVID of the virtual context of trying to get all team members on in one call, even though some are in uh, Colombia versus Singapore to Kenya. So what's the mm -hmm. right time um, to um, trying to understand the mimics and the what's really happening across a, a Zoom call 
when you see that uh, you can't replace face-to-face. -face. So for a lot of re relating to like team motivation, accelerating brainstorms where we have these kind of strategic um, um, think tank sections, all this doesn't work very well remotely. So we used to have the summit and events that we were that we were doing across the different regions that allowed us to reunite as a team mm -hmm. or put together the teams needed when we had specific um, needs for on-site sessions. Um, but yeah, it, it's the typical obstacles of, of growing remotely. For us, we embraced it from day one because that was the only way we would see Seedstar succeed if we were global enough and also in terms of mitigation of risk, so having a diversified <laughs> portfolio of activities across the globe. Mm -hmm. Okay. Speaking of diversity, uh, you're, you're one of Europe's most influential women in the startup and venture capital space. Uh, and I'm curious, like, what challenges have you faced in a predominantly male-oriented industry and how did you overcome them? Strangely enough, I have not felt um, I have not felt the the bias until I became maybe a mother, and that's where I was more mm -hmm. aware of the potential biases of just having to deal with uh, going through the pregnancy and coming back after a maternity leave. Where strangely enough, even though I have unbelievably comprehensive uh, co-founders that are male. Um, that never was really something it was never really a question or something that we had to discuss whereas now that i had become a mother i saw a lot of differences of me having to kind of maybe come back and work twice as hard mm -hmm. also simply because you have this sense of imposter syndrome and wanting to make sure you belong but mm -hmm. that has so so yeah so i think that was the awareness and then from that awareness what do you do with it and since i think at seed stars we've always had a great parity women and men but how do we better support our women talents to grow within the organization how do we make sure when we um look at pipeline of deal flows to invest in how do we really make sure that the due diligence process is tailored also for women founders and other mm -hmm minority groups that where we're not missing out on untapped talent or untapped business opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we've been working over the past years. Um, because with my awareness, you start realizing the biases that I'm the first putting on myself and the team, but also making sure we can build more transparency and processes mm -hmm. uh, within the organization and within um, the activities that we do. Mm -hmm. And is there like an internal goal or quota at Seed Stars when it comes to engaging female entrepreneurs? Is there like a, um, a North Star metric, a goal that you're aiming for? Yes. Yeah, so within the so CSR is separated in two main activities. On one side, we have everything related to programs and our. Um, educational um, activities such as Seed Stars Academy. And here we're 50-50 mm -hmm. in terms of women and men parity. And we've a very strong gender equity uh, focus in the programs that we launched. So we have an academy mm -hmm. program that is a two years physical school running, uh, coding and entrepreneurial school running in Abidjan for 300 women. Uh, we're doing a gender lens program with GIZ in the EU to support women SME led uh, businesses. So a, a lot of focus is put not only on the actions we have and the programs we operate, but also within the team. On mm -hmm. the investment side, we have pledged, I don't know if that's the right word, to the 2x challenge. So it's a 
challenge that has been set up by the different DFI and investment um, uh, vehicles uh, from development banks. Mm -hmm. And this is, again, to push for parity within the investment team. So us from the GP to the analyst, we have as many men as women. Mm -hmm. And also in terms of the portfolio construction, our target is over 30% of the portfolio we um, of our in investees are women founders. Awesome. Okay. That sounds very good. And um, you have managed to catalyze over $100 million in impact funding during your, during your time at SeedStars. Uh, what strategies helped you achieve this milestone? I think it was what, what I was mentioning before, it's really this diversification, um, not thinking there's a one-size-fits-all for all the markets, going mm -hmm. on the ground, grassroots approach to understanding Uh, where does the ecosystem stand? Where are the inefficiencies? Where should we come in to provide the most value? Working with the local organization, mentors, investors, um, so we don't, um, yeah, so that we, we, we really come in for a long-term play. Mm -hmm. And from there, trying to figure out what's the sustainable model. And it's very difficult, especially on the capacity building side, because there is no real operating model um, to to work with the businesses. It can't be like a B2C where the entrepreneurs pay for your program. So it's really working with the de development banks, corporates, govern um, governments and foundations that can support us. Mm -hmm. uh, and then reflecting on how can you sustain that over time so that it's not kind of a... And, and, and we've done many errors over the past and it's figuring out how can you best implement according to the needs of the market but so i would really say this diversification never kind of putting all eggs in one basket mm -hmm. um and looking at this as a funnel uh, so launching schools like funds according to the needs and having a very long term um yeah long-term purpose and focus so that we can get there mm -hmm. And recently, you have launched SeedStars Capital, an alternative investment platform for emerging fund managers. What kind of support is needed by up-and-coming funds in today's landscape? I think for so that's it's it's already a great indicator to see more and more for, uh, fund managers popping out on all these markets, uh, wanting to um, provide an investment thesis for the regions. Mm -hmm. uh, what we see is still the gap is that they, it's difficult for them to raise money, especially, especially institutional money. So how can we support them through our platform, um, through the brand, but also the, the partnerships we have built over time with these potential investors. Um, and I think also helping them structure themselves and formalize kind of their investment pieces on an impact lens. So how do you build the right, framework monitoring system so that you can really talk about impact within uh, your fund thesis. Um, how do you support them get accessing also the right mentors experts for their portfolio company, which is sometimes linked to a global network and not necessarily a regional one. So these type of issues we've seen come across and that's why we've decided to launch this Seed Stars Capital with an objective really to catalyze um, the growth of these fund managers. Something mm -hmm. we felt like we did quite well with founders and now doing that with fund managers which in many ways have a similar DNA. Mm -hmm. Cool. And SeedStars also established the SeedStars Academy coding schools uh, to address the talent gap. Uh, how do you think new age education can be molded to cater the market's needs? So I think this is a global issue. Um, I hope my... <laughs> 
uh, my kids, uh, the, the, I mean, the education system in Europe will also evolve because we're, we're, we need to catch up with where the market is and how we need to build the future leaders uh, for, for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, it came from a pain internally, from a pain we saw in our portfolio companies of not having um, talents that could really help them scale the businesses in more leadership roles. And so that's why we wanted to try and support upstream the funnel of um, talents you would want to support and invest in by building this seed stars academy which had for objective to provide peer-to-peer -peer, challenge-based gamified approach to learning where you don't have lectures and teachers and classrooms but the objective is that you work with your peers to solve problems um, so that you can enhance your problem-solving capabilities, your critical thinking approach, your capability to work as a team, all those kind of buzzwords that you hear in reports report from the WEF and other organizations that prove to be the um, determining factors of success for a talent to succeed in tomorrow's market because it's so chaotic, it changes so fast. We in many ways don't know what most of the jobs are gonna look like tomorrow. So it was important for us to start and build a foundation of these types of academies mm -hmm. uh, that we just launched in Ivory Coast. Hopefully we'll be expanding to India and Tanzania soon. But yeah, to fuel kind of the pipeline of talents that would then go on the markets to either launch their own businesses or join um, businesses in the public and private sector that need um, these type of talents. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Cool, very cool. And um, so we're currently in rather challenging economic times. Uh, so venture capital is not as um, fluidly flowing as it used to be. Um, due diligence takes longer, um, valuations are lower. Um, do you think this is a short-term market correction, which will soon be over, or um, part of a bigger, longer um, phase um, of uh, market corrections? A lot is happening and, and, and time will tell, but I think there is a, um, still a lot of um, instability and we are seeing market correction in terms of simply the valuations of the startups right now. And this, as you mentioned, the slowing down of uh, the capital allocation um, to VC and P in these specific regions, but it will, I think that's why before I was talking about always looking at this as a long-term play, it's, it's, it's cyclical, um, history has shown it over time. Um, and so you have to just also be be patient and 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 uh, um, we have successfully been able to make a profitable investment and sustainable businesses in these markets in the past. And it's a question of kind of uh, riding through the tough times and mm -hmm. and being there more importantly for the entrepreneurs during those times so that um, when the the market kicks in again, then we can help them accelerate the impact that they have in uh, with their products and services so yes uh, but again if with a long-term play a diversified portfolio which is something we've done from from day one we see um we see we see a very uh, we see huge opportunities still um across the different markets mm -hmm. okay so as final question uh, alice um i wanted to ask uh, are there any Seed Stars uh, initiatives, events coming up later this year that you would like to um, bring to the attention of our listeners, um, something that they should definitely not miss out on? 
Yeah, so we're actually celebrating the 10 years of, of, of Seedstar. So I'm currently on a world tour to reconnect with the different communities right now in Nairobi, mm -hmm. um, Kenya, uh, to meet with uh, many of our portfolio companies and members that have supported us. So we'll be continuing. We're going to Medellin. We're going to Mexico. California will be um, also organizing events in, in Jakarta and elsewhere. So definitely mm -hmm. to, 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 to connect with Seedstars through our newsletter or through the team um on linkedin and social media which are very present mm -hmm. um and then we're we're doing a larger event um at building bridges in geneva in october um where we'll be reuniting kind of the global community of seed stars in one place uh, to continue and discuss kind of what are the the major challenges we have still in allocating and unlocking capital in many ways towards uh, these um challenges that we are seeing around the world uh, knowing that we have these great opportunities to invest in well, so, cool. yeah, it would, would be great. Um, and I think your, Europe in October has a lot of great events. So mm -hmm. if your community is interested, that would be great to have them. Sounds good. But it really sounds like your job is to travel the world and to meet tomorrow's <laughs> innovators. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. Okay. Good. Well, it's, it's a nice job. <laughs> perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, Elise. It was great talking to you and congratulations you. on your success so far and you startups will keep on uh, following your journey. Thank you very much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.